Welcome to another Mixtape Menage, this time with Kobia, who organizes concerts and events in Berlin and Geneva, and Gadi, creator of the music-making app Jamble. Enjoy! Okay, careful, careful with that promises. <laughs> okay, how about this? I can promise that if I don't next time, then I'll slap myself. Slap yourself? Yeah. What am I going to do? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you can take joy in me slapping myself. Okay, that's true. I can have a look. <laughs> can I film it? <laughs> For a Not price. Sure. For a price. For a price. <laughs> okay. It's getting complicated <laughs> deal here. I feel like that might be kind of like gold that I can't like let go. <laughs> yeah. Times is hard. <laughs> Just joking, just joking. For sure. Yeah. Um, no, actually, yo, thank y'all for coming. Uh, y'all want to introduce yourselves again? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess since we only have like two uh, mics for today, we got to like pass the mic around. Uh, but yeah, both of y'all, go ahead. Sure. Hi, I'm God Hinkis. Uh, I'm the CEO of Jambo, music producer, and... Uh, Music futurist, philosopher extraordinaire, and a Jew. Hi. Um. Yeah, the unique value proposition is uh, I like to kick ass and get naked. You shouldn't do that for free, actually. Well, I didn't say I, I do. I didn't say that. Hi. Hi, I'm uh, Kobeya. I'm DJ, record collector, uh, essentially music lover, <laughs> and uh, a promoter. I organize uh, concerts and uh, parties in Geneva and uh, also in Berlin. Switch between the two. Yeah. <laughs> I know this seems like unnecessarily like complicated. Just passing mics. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, just don't spit in it or something. It might be too late. It might be too late. But um, it's early stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Earlier, so you were talking about you starting to play music, like in your house. Yeah. Well, I didn't really. I mean, you oh, could, well, like you the question to... is, what do you mean by play music? I like to think that if you don't play when you're playing, you're not playing. Basically, so like I couldn't, I didn't like, um, I couldn't like read sheets or anything. I probably completely off tempo, and I don't know basically what I'm doing, but I'm just, I'm still playing around with the notes. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I can like play with a band, at least not in the early stages. Um, no, I'm not an instrumentalist, if that's your question. Like I'm a producer, I like compose yeah. on the computer use the computer for the thing is you know, i think honestly that the way that uh, we kind of like see and perceive those things actually is changing and like has to change essentially uh, like say for example when i was um growing up i also had like a very similar situation uh, where basically my parents were trying to get me to play like a bit more of a formal uh, piano you know just typical like piano uh, as a kid, like learning piano and piano lessons. But it just so happens that the kind of piano they got for me to practice on was actually an FM synthesizer. Oh, <laughs> danger, danger. Not exactly. <laughs> so instead of like, actually like maybe like... Um, so you were synthesizing instead of you're tweaking instead of playing the right notes at the right time. You were just e tweaking. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I spent so much more time going through the presets then I did like trying to play like three blind mice or whatever, uh, which uh, to the chagrin of um, my parents actually. Um, but uh, I guess what I'm saying is that I think, but as I got older, I definitely had like a similar thing where, yeah, at some point I did like start to play like other instruments. Um, but when I really started to take on music was when I started to get into producing and like playing with like uh, samplers and, Things of this nature, which are like, we'll just, I guess we can just say untraditional instruments. I think that we just have to uh, realize that there's a certain like musicality uh, to that, or there's a certain importance to being able to like um, play these things, even though it might not be the traditional sense of like what it means to be musical. 
I don't know if that makes sense. Well, how I like to see it is that, uh, you know, there's evolution of music throughout history. Yeah. Uh, something I mentioned also in the talk I gave in the other day that, uh, like, music has different elements to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, like pitch, harmony, rhythm, uh, dynamics, which is uh, like the intensity of the sound. And one element of music that is very important is the timbre or the texture of the sound. Yeah. So like you could play the same exact uh, melody or note on uh, piano and it would sound completely different on a uh, violin. Yeah. That's because it's got a different texture, different, uh, different frequencies in it. And I think the last hundred years... Um, of music development was really dedicated it was an explosion of creativity in this specific uh, um, category of, of musical expression which is timbre and that's why synthesizers samplers even just the invention of the studio and, re- and recording arts is all about uh, how to express yourself through sound yeah yeah so I think uh, for sure like today in this day and age if you cannot get a good sound, Or like create an original sound you're it's, it's hard for you to to get ahead it's, it's an essential part of musical process no no I think this is definitely true uh, uh, what about you did you how was music for you I guess growing up um, for me music was um, I was not in a in a musical family I just started to listen to uh, um, Uh, listened all the time to uh, my cassettes, my uh, my tapes when I was a kid, and uh, like uh, t- uh, kids' tapes and stuff like that. You got any favorites? <laughs> <laughs> no, like some uh, some French stuff of that time, you know, like for kids. And then I think I moved on to some pop, like uh, <laughs> the Brass Brothers or something okay, like okay. that, or <laughs> Janet Jackson or uh, Paul Abdul. I think I had a tape of Paul Abdul. Which one? Which one? Which, which song? Which song? I don't know. Like uh, like famous famous one I, i can't remember but i although with the, i uh, with the cat the one with the cat um, one step forward then two steps back something yeah. like this yeah. can't uh, remember now oh, okay. although i must have listened to it a, a million times but uh, <laughs> okay and of course snap and stuff like that and uh, and then uh, yeah and then so but then i i one day i i started to uh to uh, go to uh, some uh, record shops, uh, CD shops at that time, and then uh, discovered uh, a band uh, of indie rock. And that was like uh, when I started to, uh, um, like uh, a musical face, like the okay. f- my real f- first musical face. Yeah, that, that was kind of like speaking to like you. Yeah. Oh, that was kind of like in your generation kind of thing. Well, that kind of kick-started, uh, not that kind of kick-started this, uh, this, uh, really obsession with music for me okay uh, with indie rock and uh, skate punk when i was 16 or 15 16 okay and then from then on uh, also electronic music gabber and, <laughs> yeah. and the hardcore actually <laughs> in the beginning uh, mostly but also dance techno and stuff like that and then yeah then it continued then i w- went to london for studying and there because of uh You know stuff like uh, Mowax or Ninja Tune or things like that. Uh, um, because of the samples that the music was containing, then I I started to listen to uh, jazz and to uh, uh, yeah. funk and uh, and many other things. And living in, Lo- in London with uh, so much uh, different music and sounds all around you, uh, you know you could could just listen to some Indian or Pakistani music going to uh, to uh, some Shpeti or eating But some so that that's like just like a like a journey like that of uh, always finding and uh, and uh, encountering new music but not at all uh, unfortunately not at all uh, some some music was not like a super f- uh, present things at home not from my parents at least yeah Yeah, so you just had like your own like musical exploration phase. Basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So just out of uh, curiosity, and for you too, um, is there any particular song that uh, that's for both? It's for both of you. <laughs> uh, is there any particular song that um, you all used to love growing up that you're like actually embarrassed to say that you will listen to now? 
Um, no, I don't think so. Um, well, I, I think there is a thing about like uh, being music fan that is like everyone has their little secret music fetish. Yeah. Um, that they actually like and that is embarrassing, but I don't think that it's actually embarrassing. I mean, like, uh, you yeah. can also take pride in that. Yeah. I mean, the first <laughs> album I bought was Right Said Fred, <laughs> which is like, um, too sexy, sexy for my shirt, shirt. Too, too sexy, sexy for, for my shirt. And it has the kitschiest <laughs> songs, but, well, that song is, 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 I don't like it as much, but there's other songs there that are just extremely romantic pure-hearted, uh, feel-good songs that are just like, mass I think they're masterpieces, some songs there. Yeah, honestly, I think it's like nothing like really wrong with that. Well, I um, think uh, Too Sexy For My Shirt is also a masterpiece in its own <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> There's other ones there. So over-the-top emotional. Yeah, so over-the-top emotional songs there that are just so fantastic. Like, I think yeah, when you're like young, you tend to maybe listen to music that's full of hormones that like is extremely emotional to whatever. Like if it's super happy, super energetic, or super sad, angry, like everything is kind of pumped to extreme. Could be when you're young. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. Well, on the contrary, for me, uh, when uh, as I was saying <clears throat> before. I uh, listened to a lot of, since I was 15, I listened to a lot of uh, indie rock and lo-fi music from um, the States and Canada. Mm -hmm. And uh, and to this day, I, I, sti I still love it very much. And, uh, and um, I think I was pretty much, uh, uh, I actually have like this collection of, s of seven inches and uh, from bands uh, that pressed maybe 207 <laughs> inches at that time and made a couple of... No, actually, I love those. But do you have any that you like embarrassed to actually admit that you used to like? Not in, then, not in that field, in, not in the indie rock lo-fi. I don't uh, mean just anything in general. Anything. Like how he had like the right set Fred mm. that potentially could be, but kind of like it's not really... But yeah, you, yeah. Have own, you have to own your uh, your 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 fetishes, you know. Like if you, there's something that is like not supposed to be cool, but you find it cool, I think that makes it even cooler. Yeah, totally. Because what what is what is the point of being cool? It's about not giving a fuck what everybody thinks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like just being like proud and 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 knowing yourself. So I think that's. Yeah. What about you? Do you have an embarrassing? I mean, like you said, there's nothing that's really like too embarrassing. But at the same time, I have to um, be honest and say that um, I actually ask this question often. So for me to like answer it again is not so exciting. <laughs> but um, but just for the sake of like camaraderie, there was this one song um, by this dude named Joski Love, and the name of the song was something like. Um, the girls they like Joe, so it was like, um, the girls they like Joe, we like Joe, you know they love Joe, we like Joe, you know they love Joe, we like Joe, and then he had like this complete like kind of like cool like I'm sexy dude and like dancing. I'm not a dancer, but like seven year old Elias thought he was a dancer, and so it's a good thing there was like not so many like cameras around at that moment. But yeah. <laughs> oh no, I still a dancer in there. Nah, nah, nah. You see this right foot right here? Like that shit hurts. <laughs> Just even like talking about it. Use your shoulders. Yeah. I can do that a little bit. <laughs> but only for a short amount of time. Only for a short amount of time. But I know you're talking about like all of these different like indie bands, yeah? So like uh, are there any in particular that kind of like stood out for you more than others? Yeah, sure. I mean, one of my favorite and f kind of famous is Pavement. Okay. Uh, but I also loved uh, <coughs> uh, uh, other bands called like Polvo and, uh, and <laughs> Sebado and. Uh, okay, actually, when you say Polvo, like that automatically like puts me like in a different like space. They go on, in a different space. Because they were the ones that had like this one song that was something like "Kiss Me in Your Favorite Clothes." Or something like this possibly yeah yeah uh, yeah anyway yeah continue, they were like continue. kind of indie rock with a little bit of mass math rock kind of yeah. inside and uh yeah, yeah really like, special especially on their early album special sounds and kind of dissonant and uh, weird uh, tunings and stuff no, I, definitely. Really, I really like like it very much no actually I like that is the thing i did love about them was like the weird tunings but 
Okay, so like the stuff that you were like uh, doing and promoting, uh, like how would you describe that? So like the things that you were promoting uh, between um, Berlin and Geneva. Yeah. It was G Geneva, yeah? Yeah, Geneva and yeah. Switzerland, yeah. 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 Um, no, I'm not promoting anything in in uh, in the indie rock uh, thing because that's not. Uh, I know, I know, I, I know. Because if I remember, yours is a bit more uh, in a different. Um, yeah, uh, in my mind, honestly, not that much of a different genre, but still in a different genre. But I'm just trying to figure out, like, how did you go from there to end up getting there, basically? Well, as, uh, music is always a journey, so uh, uh, things, uh, you know, like uh, through the years, things uh, actually, um, yeah, things travel somehow uh, and uh, change and uh, morph and uh, and one thing leads to another in sometimes uh, oblique ways or something. Yeah. So basically, uh, to cut a, stone, a long story short, uh, I'm organizing concerts with, uh, with uh, often with a booking agency, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, we've been working together for twen 20 years. And uh, 20 years ago was more like uh, putting on um, kind of electroacoustic concerts that yeah. uh, this uh, booking agency was promoting and uh, making tour and have other artists, and then. <coughs> um, there was also interest into uh, uh, um, kind of uh, abstract electronic uh, or noise hip hop. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then uh, it, it went on to uh, also interest in uh, African musics and yeah. uh, experimental musics and uh, different things. But in Geneva, the, there's it's a very small city, but uh, we are very lucky to have uh, a very uh, uh, pretty vibrant uh, um, music scene, actually music scenes with an S. Many different music scenes for for a, a small city of essentially 350,000 people. So uh, and there was all these squats in the 90s and 2000s. So there was uh, a lot of uh, things that uh, could happen without any uh, financial pressure or very little financial pressure, which is always good for the arts no, and the music. So uh, a lot of things uh, happening and also because it's an international small city, there are people from everywhere in the world uh, coming to study or to work there yeah. and uh, or refugees uh, also or people that uh, move there. And so there's like uh, this kind of mix of people, uh, like um, people who have one or two pers uh, uh, one or two parents that are from somewhere else, actually. Yeah. And uh, so that creates a quite interesting mix of uh, of of people and artists and uh, musicians and uh, nice. uh, alternative uh, scene in in Geneva. No, that sounds definitely kind of interesting. Yeah, you know, there was like also yeah. this place called Atamis uh, for 10 years, which mm -hmm. was kind of like a, a RAV here. Yeah. Uh, so like a huge uh, area just in the middle of the, of the town where there were like studios for artists and uh, five, six different uh, live venues and uh, party venues. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, first Swiss Internet web radio there and uh, in the in the uh, late 90s. OK. And uh, and many other things happening there for 10 years and uh, with little to 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 non uh, financial pressure again so that was uh, that was great and then there's like alternative uh, uh, cultural centers a uh, big one like Luzin okay uh, which is like a huge factory uh, that's been going on for 25 years where there's also like an alternative cinema an alternative uh, theater and gallery and uh, place for live concerts and parties and uh, and alternative uh, culture uh, going on. So that's uh, pretty much uh, a lot of things happening in a very small city, basically. So that's that was like all part of uh, of uh, this, this, journey. this journey. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. cool. And what about you? Like, how did you end up going from 
right said Fred to producing for 20 years to <clears throat> Jambo. Yeah, so um, right said Fred, <laughs> then uh, Jimi Hendrix, a little bit of Pink. You know what Pink Floyd? I'm embarrassed about. Now I got it. I'm not going to. I can. I can understand. I'm embarrassed that. about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can understand. Well, that. Um, <laughs> it's just kind of something you're supposed to like, and I don't like to kind of like. Yeah, I mean they have some great, great tunes, but the whole like I don't like the whole uh, ritualist ritualizing of Pink Floyd, yeah. especially in Israel. It's like Pink Floyd is like the thing you're supposed to adore and worship, like more than the Beatles, you know. Yeah, and I'm I'm a bit of like a contrarian on that, I guess. Like so, for me, like uh, like uh, Dark Side of the Moon, that's like amazing. The rest, it's, it's cool. Um, <clears throat> uh, Jimi Hendrix, fuck yeah. Um, Queen, was, had a huge Queen phase. And that's it. I, I wasn't really like into uh, music. I wasn't a music fan. I was more into drawing and comic books and sketching and like oh, where, things where? like that. <clears throat> what kind of, uh, just out of curiosity, yeah. what kind of like comics um, and sketching? Well, pretty perverted you? shit. I would like, like make comic books about aliens and like uh, weird stuff. And... <clears throat> And, um, but then, like, my dad, God bless his soul, like, uh, he's, like, uh, he's a music fan. He played a lot of jazz and blues at the house. And he would go once in a while to, like, the cool record shop. Yeah. And would ask the salesperson to, like, give me something. Something that you recommend. And he brought it home, like, one time, two albums. He didn't even give them to me. He just put them in his library. And I was just scrolling through. One was prodigy music for the jilted generation <laughs> and the other one was some like uh down tempo trance compilation so i was like blown away by both trance music i i, I don't like it all today okay. uh but that album was 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 a nice kind of intro and music for the jilted generation just blew my fucking mind it was incredible yeah still to this day i have a lot to say about early rave music i think it's one of the biggest jumps in music um, in, in music evolution, like it's apparent, like it seems like early rave music just came out of nowhere because it combines so many different styles, like you know, like American breaks, uh, Euro, kind of Euro dance, yeah. uh, like everything sped up and like insane. Like just like they got some samplers and they're like, okay, how, what can, what, what can we do with this to kind of like piece people off you know that was okay. the vibe and for me that's a huge jump of like how technology came into the picture and just completely changed the soundscape okay. so that was and i wasn't aware of all that back then but then i was like okay and you know at that age like pre-high school like around the high school time you're trying to learn genres and you're kind of like okay there's there's genres and then electronic music there's all these sub genres so i was like wait what do i like you know uh, and then i decided i like french house so I got into franchise, you know, Daft Punk, uh, Cassius, like uh, the, the different things, compilations, you know, listening to compilations and of course, hip hop. I mean, sorry, like the, the I mean, I grew up on hip hop, like uh, Snoop Dogg, one like on my top three goats, you know, of all, greatest of all time, Snoop, okay. um, Warren G, um, all this like gangster, gangster rap, especially. Um, then I started writing and like Ronnie size, you know, like I, yeah. I, I like my first rap was like based on a Ronnie size uh, kind of uh, flow, you know, okay, that, okay. yo, three to the blow, did it, bro. I still don't like Ronnie size right now because, eh, but there's some great stuff anyway. And uh, yeah, just dove into electronic music deeper and deeper until i realized like uh, everything comes from africa <laughs> and then i started listening like to more like actually not only africa just like fascinated with folk music from anywhere in the world and just like listening suddenly to uh, like mongolian music and i'm like what the fuck are human beings doing <laughs> yeah how is that even possible and like uh, and like just appreciating uh, roots music from everywhere in the world yeah but not like I i'm less a fan of like um like traditional like uh, yeah like like afrobeat i'm less of a fan of than like the real traditional uh music when they're like the, the things they play for rituals and like weddings and things like that okay. for me that's like more much more impressive 
uh, rhythmically. And basically, I guess I I always come from music from as a dancer. I'm not I'm not a dancer, but it always comes from a body for me. So I think with hip hop and uh, rave music, I'm also like a Gabber fan, like hardcore techno. So like everything with dance later, by the way. What? You, we're I'm gonna, gonna be waiting for you to dance. Okay, later. cool. Yeah, I have to warm up. Um, no excuses. So yeah, like I'm really into uh, in, uh, intensely rhythmical music. Okay. Um, and uh, and yeah, things that make you move, things that got a groove. Um, and also with my music career, I mean, I think uh, one of the best ways for you to have a music career is if you can make people dance. That's the kind of easy way to go. If you if, yeah. you, if you go to a yeah. place, never mind if it's a subway or if it's uh, Carnegie Hall, if you make people dance, you can make a living with music. That's yeah. kind of like what I'm always thinking. So, um, um, yeah, and like in, in taking inspiration from folk music from all over the world, I think was a big, I mean, I know it was a huge contributor for me to go on this journey to uh, develop tools for everyday people to make music with other people yeah, as yeah, part yeah. of their everyday kind of thing. Because that's, I think, what people used to do before there were uh, records. Yeah, no, more, exactly. Yeah. No, I think this is actually like very um, important because as soon as you started talking about the folk, um, the entire time that I was like looking at like the jamble and the way it's played and everything, this was the first thing that kind of popped in my mind. Yeah. Was something that was like um, very easy and accessible. It's something that made the creative process something just simply accessible to like more people. Right, because if you think about even like uh, just imagine before record industry, I don't know, like take some. Uh, uh, um, I don't know country music, you know. So like, yeah, it was people always about like what was accessible. Yeah, you, yeah. People, some people would clap, some people would play like two notes on a violin. Exactly, no, like, exactly. And like a few a few chords on the banjo, and you're set. Of course, there's always the ones that are really advanced, but like folk music, a big part of it. In every culture on earth, you know, you have some sort of. Uh, uh, happening or a ritual people come together and everybody contributes to the sound and i think that's something that we're missing in today's society this is very true and also with uh the like with not as much emphasis on like the uh, pitches the rhythm does become a bit more ex accented absolutely uh, in that sense. although there's also like uh you know but like uh, or like hymns or like religious music yeah, this is also the it's not so much was, rhythmical now, this is also what i was going to no. say like when it comes to like the vocal part right the, so that's singing also, together, basically. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. It just, it's Even also if, something that's just accessible and you can do it. Yeah. And this is why people do it. Exactly. So it's about accessibility and expression. So like, yeah. even if you go to a uh, football stadium and you see people like singing their football songs, uh, not that I know any one of those, but like, uh, <laughs> like you Except see they're like, it's like they're on drugs, you know? They're like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> It's like a religious experience for them. You yeah. Know? It's like, so I think music is very important for everybody to get into to some extent because it has a lot of superpowers that it can give you. I think this is very true. Very true. Okay. Um, I know we uh, started like a little bit late. That was my fault and I apologize. No um, excuses. <laughs> You're fired. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> Change, but anyway. Um, okay, you're hired yeah. again. We need you. I thought I was gonna get unemployment. Now I don't know what to feel. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Okay, but, you're uh, promoted. You're promoted. <laughs> Fair enough. So, I mean, I guess before getting off, is there anything coming up that y'all want to like maybe try to focus on promoting or that y'all want to speak about? Any like uh, words of the day, words of wisdom, or things coming up? I know you have something coming up, like quite soon, yeah. Uh, yeah, on the 8th of February, um, yeah. um, I'm going to organize in uh, Geneva a concert uh, with a um, Malian um, uh, singer okay. who's 60 and uh, she's called Nawa Dumbia and she uh, plays uh, music from the, the south of Mali, uh, Wasulu music um, from the Wasulu people uh, region and um, yeah, she was playing actually last night at uh, Grüner Salon in uh, Volksbühne okay. and uh, went to see her uh, for the third or fifth, fourth time. And uh, yeah, it was very nice. And um, it's going to happen uh, yeah, in Geneva in a uh, couple of uh, like uh, nine days. Yeah. Okay. And 
yeah, she has a f very striking, beautiful voice, and um, her two uh, early albums have been re-edited by uh, Awesome Tapes from Africa. Okay. And uh, I think there's going to be a new album coming uh, out uh, next uh, next year. So that that should be quite interesting to see, like uh, what what she's uh, doing for new music because uh, she was uh, doing music uh, always, I think. But uh, at some point she stopped. I think at the end of uh, in the 2000, uh, she wanted to go back to more traditional music. She, she was using, I think, throughout the 90s or early 2000 uh, synthesizer in a band. And at some point, she wanted to go back to more like uh, a more traditional uh, approach to uh, to to music. Okay. So now I'm curious to to see what uh, and uh, with a musician she came up with a new album. That uh, sounds cool. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. And for you, what's the question exactly? If um, I want to plug anything or if I want to yeah, promote. Promote. <coughs> uh, don't cough without putting your hand over your mouth if you're in public. That pisses me off. Um, um, yeah, wash your hands after you pee. Um, what else? Um, make fat beats. Um, fuck the system. The only good system is the sound system. And... Uh, Hercelasia, I don't know. <laughs> put your, put your joints in the air. Let's rock. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Light is in the air. Yeah, light is in the air. Exactly. Maybe I'll have another. Yeah, I wanted to ask you what, 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 for example, what, what, uh, what did you think, uh, for example, what did you think of, um, I, in the early two thousand. Uh, I really liked uh, the early dubstep and uh, also um, grime. And I was, think, I was thinking, uh, I was wondering, as an American, you're from Georgia, right? No. Yeah. 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 Uh, what did you thought of grime when, when uh, I mean, did you hear like good grime, like underground grime? The thing is, is I always like heard about it, um, but I was never really truthfully exposed to it like that much. Like, yes, oh, no holes barred right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want another one? Another one? What? Yeah, go ahead and get one. I was all good. Truth of the matter, I didn't really could you, know that could, much about could it. Could you ask for another gin basil also? Uh, oh, Gadi? Oh, got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. So we can get like one more drink? I got it. Sorry, what? Oh, sorry. Oh, he was trying to see if we can get like a, one you, more. Could you also ask for you like want? a gin basil? Another gin, gin basil? basil? Yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> The thing is, like, I actually didn't know you anything about it. Uh, well, I know a little bit about it. I had a couple of like um, people that I knew that were like into it, but it was just kind of not really a big thing for me. The dubstep, I, it also wasn't a huge thing for me. I think I have much more of a sort of like jungle and like drum and bass phase than mm -hmm. those two, but with the dubstep. I did like the texture of some of the sounds, um, but then there was another part of it where it can be like a little bit irritating, but I actually did like the musical direction. I just felt like there was more that could have been done with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, being that it's no hose barred. Uh, you know, how was it for, how was it for y'all in like St. Louis? Oh, when you, you was in New York when that started happening, right? Uh, no, like grime. Hey, sure, come here, come here, come here, Sean. <laughs> Over. <laughs> oh, yeah. he's, he's also from the U.S. From? He's also from the U.S. He's yeah. from um, St. Louis. San Louis. And, um, then was in New York for how long? St. Louis. That's uh, that's in uh, Missouri. Okay. But it used to be old Louisiana. So if I tell someone in Europe, it's not Louisiana. No, but it oh. used to be. Ah. Because this was all French territory. Yeah. Yeah. So when I speak to someone in Europe now, I'm like, I'm from St. Louis. It's like, ah, oh, Louisiana. Like, oh, that's like 200 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's not French territory. But for us, I was in college when my dubstep early grime
But uh, yeah, when dubstep grime came out, I was in college. And so most of my friends were international. It was an international school. So I heard a lot of the early stuff, like early benga, like early benga tracks, mm-hmm. like proper yeah. dubstep. Yeah. And I loved that. But for me, it was kind of a deal breaker once it became like this bro step thing. Yeah. Where yeah. it's a lot of people who are more inspired by metal yeah. and rock, which yeah. I love too. Yeah. But yeah, it was about the the structures. They structured the songs like What's rock songs, like bro step versus dubstep. I tell you what, I don't. I I think like dubstep has always been overrated. Well, all, all this kind of music. Well, first of all, grime is almost the opposite of all the dubstep because like grime is about it's it's punk. It's not giving a fuck about the sound. Dubstep is all supposed supposed to be about high attention to sound details, and that if you want to go for that, it's all in, it's right now it's all in drum and bass, and even drum and bass is already like it's like drum and bass jungle dubstep. It's a one big mashup. They do like half time, double time, and the sounds they got is like the peak of what's possible. I think with like electronic music production is just like unbelievable what they're doing with with like noises so like yeah i, I mean the bro step that you're referring to is pro- yeah i mean like it's probably it's like is because it became so hot it was a bunch of people just putting like a really like fm synth and and wah wah and like wah 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 and not really paying attention to sound quality and yeah. that is when it got ruined yeah totally and and all the snares sound the same <laughs> Like, yeah. You can have the same criticism even for like uh, LA beat scene, yeah. like Flying Lotus, people right. who are on Brain Feeder. It all sounds like lasers. Lots of, <laughs> lots of lasers. But, but the main thing there is the sloppiness of the beats, right? And that now is lo-fi hip hop. So uh, yeah, actually like that is... is and I, it's interesting about that style. I think it came from the the NPC also because like it's people that have no really great sense of rhythm and they made that into a thing yeah it becomes organic it's just organic man it's just i don't care but i I like it a lot actually 404 culture yeah yeah yeah. sample life life. (laughs) what's your name john carlos john carlos hi you gadi nice to meet you where are you from uh from st louis in the u.s okay cool i moved to new york and i moved here fuck what years uh, seven years, eight years ago. <laughs> and are you a musician also, DJ? Or yeah, what, what do you do? Uh, I don't know. Genres are awful. People say I make noise music, but all the stuff I make is kind of a mixture of like, I love dub. I grew up listening to like heavy metal, punk music, death metal. So it's kind of a mixture of these things. I don't know. I'm not good of genres. I don't know. I can understand you, although if you want to, I don't know if you're if this career or serious or something. But I, I also like I I just wanna do what I wanna do. But then it's a problem when you're trying to bring it into the world. You need kind of a scene or a genre to fit into, like uh, which is unfortunate, but it's uh, a lot of times it's, it's the case. That's what I feel. And it depends like on whoa, whoa. it also like depends on what things what kind of show you're playing. Mm-hmm. Like I get I've played a lot of noise shows, I've played a lot of uh, improv shows more shows that are based on like avant-garde improvisation specifically so what's your setup like for noise oh, for like your i use electribe mm-hmm. i have a modular effects pedal i run all my effects through that and also chaoslator chaoslator is like the main part of my setup oh, cool. and with that i can do everything but bass the, sounds the drum one sounds or the ones that, that, that you can perform like the one that gives you beats and stuff beats or the full, effects the full one the one that so you like should the... check out my app because really? it's like uh i think it's better than really? than chaoslator yeah it's an app, though. It's an app, yeah. Okay, we'll see. I'm trying to get away from computers. That's my whole thing. Is like getting away from computers on stage. Right, but it's a touch screen, and I, I know what you mean. I know, okay. I know, I know exactly what you mean. But if it's a touch screen, it's like low imprint. Yeah, just I, like on a tablet, on an iPad. Give it a shot. You should give it a shot. I think if, if you like, if you like Chaos Elator, Yeah, right? yeah. That's like the main thing. I made a whole album. Every track was made only on Chaos Elator. just overdubbing it's myself. A fine piece of hardware. It's yeah, yeah. Piece of hardware. What about you, Grand um, yeah, I liked it a lot when it came out. Uh, so <coughs> I think, uh, yeah, here I was going to some sh- uh, space hole, had uh, like some uh, some imports, like some white labels and stuff, and uh, quite regularly, maybe uh, early 2000 or, or something. Uh, no, a bit later, maybe 2005 or so. 
L4 and uh, yeah uh, yeah definitely two different things I think uh, grime and and dubstep are uh, often often cited together because it was the same period but of course completely different approach completely and different uh, approach. and uh, and uh, mm -hmm. and thing uh, as you were mentioning like most most of the Early uh, grime was making made on fr on on uh, fruity loops. Still, on, on trap today is made on, on fruity loops. I mean, it's it's. I think it's probably the biggest uh, the DAW uh, yeah, around. Yeah, FL Studio, yeah. I mean, it's huge. Yeah, but, but that, like, uh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, the, this class, this 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 fantastic uh, sounds, uh, this uh, this creativity in the sounds and and uh, and. Uh, and the rhythms and uh, and uh, the yeah the 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 impact the punkness that that it had uh, the urgency also and uh, for for me as non-native uh, English uh, uh, speaker uh, and uh, <laughs> and especially in uh, uh, listening to uh, to um, to uh, English from from uh, from the east part of London, <laughs> it was uh, very difficult to understand what they were talking about or or, or anything. But just uh, just the sounds and uh, the urgency of the music and uh, and uh, yeah, this this impact that that it had. The two things about grime that is important to understand: one, there is no rhythmical definition of grime it can be anything and there are not many genres in the world that do that that give you such huge you can just do whatever you want there's like kind of a tempo kind of not and program the drums as you want as long as it's breaky and the sound selection there's nothing that kind of like it, it has to be rough that's the main thing and uh uh, that's one thing, which is amazing. It's the opposite of dubstep. Dubstep is the very, very kind of uh, repetitive style. The other thing is that I think people don't give enough credit for UK rappers. I think they're like technically like su superior than Americans. I'm sorry about that. It's it's like uh, te te technically. You fought a revolution for that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> I know we could talk about that one more, but I mean, I, I, they have a much much heavier like uh, Jamaican influence. I think yeah. that's the Not, main thing. Like in, in in the the U.S. of course started hip hop. There there is a huge Jamaican influence influence in hip hop, but it kind of made it American. Yeah. And in the U.K., you can still hear that much more. Like it's just the the rhythm the rhythm of the of the rap is just much higher level of uh, um, yeah technique like yeah now i mean i can actually see that but just out of like curiosity though okay so but like both of y'all like not being from um like the states like what was both of y'all's like first like experience with like hip-hop in general for you two hip house probably hip -house, hip -house. <laughs> like, like which track though like what kind of tracks like which one we need names. No, regulate. but yeah. regulate. I think. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> dog and Warren G had to regulate. It's still like one of my karaoke, so like, um, my karaoke classic. Like, I, th I think for me, uh, uh, like rapping uh, in uh, in hip house or in Euro, some kind of Euro dance. You know, yeah. uh, when I was when I was 13 or, or something like that. I think the first raps I, I, I heard more in, into this kind of music. And then uh, I can't remember really the first, uh, well, I was listening to Farside and, and, and bands and, and Tribe Called Quest and bands like that when I was, I guess when I was 15 or something. I guess the thing is, it's like, uh, I start to wonder, like, I'm just curious, like, what area? Because when I think oh. of hip house, there's kind of or like snap, snap. There's also a rap in in uh, in uh, in uh, God the Power. No, this is true. I mean, because for me, like with hip house, Yo. like some of my favorite ones were like ones from like Forty Five King or like Jungle Brothers. Like the Jungle Brothers, like uh, hip house things was just insane. Like it was just like dopey shit to me. But at the same time, I realized. That might not be you all's experience with like hip house. Um, I think for me, I started more with like uh, yeah, like uh, listening to 
Uh, yeah, like like gangster rap. I guess I'm a bit younger, and uh, maybe. Sorry about that. <laughs> Just a little bit, yeah, not much. Like, so I skipped the whole like super old school stuff and arrived right. Like, uh, I think first uh, rap album I bought was The Dogfather, um, and I still think Snoop is like, yeah, as I said, top three goats. Like Snoop, yeah, the dog. Doggy style. Doggy style. I think then the second is Dogfather. And on trial, like that right, right, right. The whole, the whole, uh, the whole era with Suge Knight. Um, but still, I think his best work is the Last Meal. That's fucking amazing album, and it's just so much content, so prolific. Like, and I don't care if he has ghostwriters or whatever. He's a performer, performing artist, like top, top caliber. Like, uh, he, he can, he can make take any verse and make it his his own. Like, own that shit. <laughs> So I think yeah, that's super impressive. And what do you guys think about the whole like uh, dichotomy there of like hip hop as also a product for white people? Because like I feel like um, having white people as a market to 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 address for rap artists back like still still now obviously, but but also back in the day was a huge. Um, a huge boost for the industry to kind of bring it bring it to life and it's very important this uh, relationship kind of uh, for me it wasn't necessarily like uh to bring it to life but much more to make it uh to bring it to the next level to make it more in a, in a financial in a financial sense in a financial, yeah, financial sense. and industry support the actual artist basically not not i'm, I'm not saying that uh, having the white audience birthed hip hop in any way that's but like as like to take it to the next step to keep it evolving and to keep it uh, I think it's uh, yeah what what do you think about that uh, for me there's like two there's an, on one hand just to make it more like financially feasible I can see that but at the same time there was also like a lot of white artists that were like active prior to it being more accessible to the wider and general audience um i guess in this case like white famous uh, basically what, what do you mean white famous what that? That, that, what, i don't know that i don't know that term i don't know that term okay got it okay what's to explain what that so there's a difference between black famous and white famous like denzel washington is white famous everyone knows denzel washington yeah, exactly. but if i say cat williams you know cat williams you know cat williams yeah. do you know donnell rawlings they're people who are like they're on the radar, but they're not like the big personality. They're not the headliner. They're not Dave Chappelle, Omar you know, Epps. or Omar Epps. It's like black famous yeah. Jeffrey Wright actors who are like character actors. They haven't quite penetrated like a the mainstream quote unquote audience to have that recognition. Like Will Smith is like white famous, purple famous, blue famous. You see Will Smith's face, you see his name. Everyone knows Will Smith. But it's just a difference of like penetration. Because I even think of this question, it's really good. But there's two different things. There's cultural currency and like financial currency. And cultural currency for hip hop was black Latino, specifically like black Latino underclass, people who are struggling, people who are second generation immigrants, a lot of them Jamaican, a lot of them Caribbean. And that's where you get that early influence or they're Puerto Rican, they're Dominican. And so you get these different flows, different textures in the music and their rhymes. But the financial currency came from it like cracking the barrier of just being like block parties to being now we're at the Apollo, now we're at Radio City. And now you from as a kid from Long Island, maybe know I guess, about I guess I would look at it more like um, something like this, but still being black famous, but at mm -hmm. the Apollo. To me, white famous is like Madison Square Garden. Yeah, Radio City. And, and, and also, like, <laughs> um, Boys. maybe like Will Smith is like a good example of it. In my mind, when he was just a rapper, then he was definitely like black famous. Yeah, he was only black he famous. He was actually you still... Pre-Fresh pre, pre, uh, Prince. Pre-Fresh yeah. Prince. Summertime, uh, like this song. Actually, well, summertime, summertime it became no, no. white famous. <laughs> the thing is, summertime was like when it was like switching, but like yeah. my parents don't understand. Yeah. This was when... it white kids did like it but it wasn't necessarily white famous yeah but after the show he definitely became like white famous, more famous. but independence day that was when it was like solid like okay, okay. yeah he's yeah he's, he's everywhere yeah then he's like everywhere
Oh, start. I have to admit that one of the reasons that I started this was because I like seeing how music has affected people, as I know that it has me. In the midst of that, a fascination of mine has been to find out different people's relationship to the music they're familiar with, and what's their take on the points where we overlap. For me, I think that one of the key necessities of music is its power to tell the stories and express those things that are to be expressed, and of course, that is also determined by the backgrounds provided by the cultures that those artworks, artworks originate from. Another factor is what is the framework for other backgrounds that may come across these artworks and how does their interface influence their interpretation. When engaging with the humanities, I feel like we come into contact with other cultures and sometimes through some sort of magic we sympathize with those cultures and find our mutual humanity in them, exposing us to other worlds and conversing with other lives. In the midst of this, we have to understand that these specific worlds are not our own, but hopefully through a synthesis of humility and humanity, we find even more ways and reasons to just take care of each other. And I guess that a bit of technology to help us commune with each other through the act of creation and organizing a place for our stories to be told couldn't hurt at all now, could it? Love, Elias. Okay, so something new that we're going to start doing at Mixtape Menage is we're going to start to allow people to send in their thoughts about the episode. Uh, whether you hate it or you love it, just send me a mail or a message uh, with your thoughts and we'll start to append it onto the end of every episode. We look forward to hearing your thoughts. Peace. What was I going to say? I don't know. You like cheese? Ooh, I love cheese. Are you into cheese? I'm into goat cheese. Oh, goat cheese is the top. Are like you into like... Cheese, like, like Manchego. Okay, I got like... I got like an underground tip. Oh, okay? Where? Goat butter. Goat butter. Goat butter. What? That sounds like something... I ain't...